You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. TechFan Podcast number 355. I am Tim Robertson, and over there is David Cohen, who still hasn't seen Star Wars, a solo story, which I was looking forward to talking about. Star Wars story, even. <laughs> what did I say? You said, said it the other way around, but it's very early for you, so we'll give you a pass. It's, uh, I, I, I really enjoyed the movie, and I'm looking forward to discussing it at length with you when you finally have an opportunity to go watch it. Right, so I am... I mean, the part of the problem is I'm not traveling. Uh, I, well, I am traveling as much as I was for work, but I'm traveling to different places, which means I have a lot less time. But I will um, make an effort to go and see it on the on the night I've got off this week. So there you go. We can talk about it. So, but let's stay with Star Wars for a minute because there's this big internet movement right now, and I know you've been following it a little bit at least. Yep. Uh, so, for those who don't keep on top of this stuff. Uh, Star Wars, of course, was, well, backing up, Lucasfilm was purchased by Disney a few years ago, and you and I were uh, fortunate to be doing an episode of Geeky, a show everyone that week when it happened, Yeah, uh, <laughs> which was perfect. Um, and, you know, subsequently, they announced all these different Star Wars projects. Um, they've come out with, what, four movies so far? Yeah. In how many years? Five, five, well, let's see, that was 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that was right, yeah, 2012. So, yeah, so so in six years, they made four movies. Oh. Boy, they kind of putting the pedal into the metal a little bit, I think. Well, I think this is part of the, part of the issue, is that there's, you know, there's perception and there's reality. Yeah. Yeah, and perception is, is that, they are on a desperate cash grab to to milk this uh, property for everything it's worth. It's worth, and Star Wars has always been like that. But in terms of actually developing movies, the pace has been very, very slow. And uh, I think it uh, people feel, you know, they kind of they they feel a bit of a cash grab, and that, I think that colours their approach to the movies i'm not talking about hardcore star wars fans but the problem is nowadays you can't appeal just to the fans you've got to you've got to make something with broader appeal otherwise you're not going to get enough um backsides on seats to make these things profitable absolutely so the big thing that's going around on the internet right now is that when disney purchased lucasfilm george lucas his uh, heir apparent i guess with disney yeah. was going to be kathleen kennedy she's going to be the person in charge of Lucasfilm. Now she's comes with some uh, pretty credible uh, backstory. I mean, she worked with Steven Spielberg. Um, she's been in movies pretty much her whole adult life. She got a producer credit on E.T. and she was uh, a partner with Kennedy and Marshall, which is a big Santa Monica-based film production company. So yeah. she's got the chops on paper. And I think she's probably brilliant when it comes to business. 
But I think a lot of the Star Wars fans out there, the hardcore guys, have a problem with her. I think part of it is that she's a woman. Yep. I really do. I think I think if this was a guy, they wouldn't have half the problems with what's going on with Lucas art right now, Lucasfilm. But I think because she's a woman, she's an easy target. So the news circulating right now is that Disney is looking to replace her as the head of Lucas. I have no idea if that's true or not. Uh, I don't know if I have a strong opinion one way or another whether she should keep her job or move on. I don't know. I do know The Force Awakens was a great movie. I loved it. I know Rogue One was even better. The first outing for a non-trilogy Star Wars movie. If you don't count the Christmas special. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely not counting Christmas. Yeah, let's not count that one. Uh, Episode 8. Mixed bag for a lot of people. Uh, and I think that's kind of true with us as well. I, I, yeah. I liked it, but, you know, I liked it a lot more the moment I walked out of the theater, but the more I thought about it, the less I liked it. And I've liked it less and less on subsequent viewings. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you haven't seen Solo, but, I, you know, non-spoiler, I liked it. Yeah. Um, but that's as much as I'm going to say about Solo as far as, you know, plot or anything like that. Um, but it lost money. And so all of a sudden there seems to be... A combination of, oh my God, a Star Wars movie lost money combined with Kathleen Kennedy must go. And I think that's kind of lending some weight to these rumors. And some of these rumors, though, are coming from very credible sources. So, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think one of the things that disappoints me about the approach that's being taken with these Star Wars movies is they're making them so expensive. This this movie costs two hundred seventy five million dollars. Yeah, but there's a yeah. Well, no, it wasn't the budget originally. It was much less. The problem is, the people that they brought in were fired, and Ron Howard came in and he had to reshoot seventy five percent of this movie. Well, that's going to add a lot to your freaking budget. Okay, all right, I'll take that. But nevertheless, I think for me. Part of the problem with Hollywood at the moment, this is more general than just the Star Wars franchises, yeah. they they invest so much in these colossally uh, budgeted pictures that means they have to make stupendous amounts of money to be successful. This movie had to return half a billion dollars to be successful. In in a six-week uh, period... Just break, sorry, just to break even. Well, in a six-week period that Avengers Affinity War was released, Deadpool came out, they're ramping up for Ant-Man and the Wasp. I mean... There's some huge competition for this movie. Now, Star Wars, everyone likes to think, is bulletproof. It's going to make money. And Solo will make money, because if we're just looking at domestic box office, no. Um, by the way, Star Wars, not a big thing in China. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, they, I didn't know that. They do not do well in China. Well, that's a problem. Well, Rogue that's... One did, because they had two big Chinese stars in the movie. But that's the only one. The rest of them are like, meh, they don't care. So... It's going to make money when it comes out on Blu-ray, and it, but the it's pro- yeah. This is the problem, though. It, even if it makes money, yeah, um, it won't make the sort of money they were expecting it to make beforehand. Right. They were expecting it to make over a billion dollars, yep. and it's not going to make that, or it might just scrape that. Yeah, so it's not 
the the tentpole success they were looking for, and that unfortunately in Hollywood that always puts people's jobs at risk. Do you think it hurts that it feels like the Last Jedi just came out recently, and then boom, we got another Star Wars movie? Well, I think that's also a factor as well. I I don't understand why we need more than one um, Star Wars movie every eighteen months, two years. I think this movie would have performed better if they'd released it at Christmas, which has become a kind of a traditional Star Wars slot. Yep. Um, you know, instead they bumped it up to the summer. They put it up against all the other big movies, and they didn't come in as well as they were hoping for. Um, I don't think it was particularly marketed well either, to be honest. Oh, I, I totally agree. I think it was marketed very poorly. It, it, yeah. I, oh, every commercial, the first commercial I saw for it, I thought, "Oh yeah, I want to see that." But everything after that, I was like, "Yeah, I, I'm good. I'm fine. This is the kind of the same old thing. It's not getting me excited at all." And, uh, yeah, uh, we went and saw it opening weekend, and I'm glad I did. Don't get me wrong. Although Cole had to pee at one part, and I was kind of angry about that. Um, You know, it was a very enjoyable movie. But I also think they need to do something different. You know? Yeah, I was absolutely going to say that you know, part of the reason for the marketing is it looked like just more Star Wars. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's just like, okay, well, I guess, didn't didn't this character just die? <laughs> That's also another thing. Well, why make a movie of a character you just killed off? I don't, we're recasting this iconic character, one of the greatest uh, characters in movie history, Han Solo. We're going to recast him with this little-known actor, who really doesn't look a whole lot like Harrison Ford, but yeah, forget about that. Um, but this is the new Han Solo. Wait, he's dead. I'm still suffering from you guys killing him off two movies ago. So I had a problem with that. I think I think it was a very poor choice to make this movie now. I think this movie would have probably done well 10 years from now. And let's be honest, Disney's still going to own and be making Star Wars 10 years from now. But yeah. I, I don't know. It just it, it bothered me that this is the character they want to focus on on a new movie. It, it seemed like a very stupid move. So when you say cash cow, that's where I see the cash cow. They're milking pre-existing content and just giving lip service to the fans. Hey, you've heard about the Kessel Run that he mentioned in, for two seconds in the very first movie way back in 77. Remember? Here it is. Here it is, folks. Oh, you know about uh, Chewie's life debt to Han? That's why they're buddies. Here's how that happened. Here it is, guys. Yeah, you've heard about um, Lando being the original owner of the Millennium Falcon. And he lost it in a card game. Solo in a card game. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Aren't you happy? We're giving you what you want. You see, I've not seen the movie, and I know nothing about the plot, and yet I am not remotely surprised that all three of those events are in this movie. No, but that's what and the movie is. I mean, that's what they... But that's, that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. That basically takes... Um, just from a storytelling perspective, that takes some of these things that are mentioned that have become kind of myths associated with Han Solo's life and compresses them into one period of time. Mm-hmm. All those things happened at once. Yeah, now, by the time you see him in Star Wars, he's obviously older than this Han Solo. So basically, they're saying that everything that happened between this movie and Star Wars was just a bit of a bust. Yeah, because nothing is ever mentioned. Yeah. So the, just, so those are the big highlights, really. That's it. Yeah. I, I See, yeah. Well, I've said before, I'd rather see them do 
fresh movies just like the uh, you know what they now call the expanded universe used to do with the with the books and everything there was stuff in there where there, where there was com- just completely you know only tangentially associated with the main saga different characters different activities different places Rogue um, One kind of did a good place. To deal with, and instead, yeah. everything revolves around the same seven or eight people. Well, you know, and we could go back and say, well, look, you guys are complaining about this, but you both love Rogue One. And that ties directly into Episode 4, Star Wars, the very first Star Wars movie. I mean, it's literally this movie ends and that movie begins. Yes, that's true, but it felt different. It felt like it was taking risks. It did not end well for any of the main characters in that movie um and it and actually it gave weight to what happens in episode four a new hope it 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 made star wars the original star wars a better movie because the risks felt much more real much it had more depth yeah and it was also mostly new characters who we never met before yes but everybody still thinks of that movie as the darth vader scene well, yeah, but nevertheless, the whole movie was about somebody else. Don't Look, choke there's, on there's, your there's ambitions. A, there's there's still a, there, I don't. I don't think we're trying to say that there. Are, that, you know, there are definitely huge problems at Lucasfilm and their approach to the Star Wars franchise. But you know, um, I'm I'm wondering whether if if there is anything going on with Kathleen Kennedy, it's less to do with these things we're complaining about because I think a lot of studio execs could care less uh, than it is about the fact that they are struggling to deliver these movies effectively. There's I so think... Much, there's so much stuff, and because of the yep. internet now, it all comes out. There's so much about how the movies are being made, problems on the set, people being fired. Let's face it, Rogue One had a lot of reshoots as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, think, I think if anything's going to do for Kathleen Kennedy, it's going to be that. It's going to be the fact that she can't get these movies made effectively. Right. I'm sure that I'm sure they recognise that you know with a franchise you're going to have some hits and misses. Let's face it, with the Marvel universe, there've been some that were better than others. But I, I think the fact is is that is that as you said, escalating costs because you have to fire and reshoot large chunks of a movie that for the second time is going to cause some issues, some business issues, because that's just about accounting. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent right. I also think that the fans are starting to push back because. There doesn't seem to be a cohesive plan. I think the problem with the DC movies is there isn't no overriding guidance. They're just making these movies willing. I mean, they have two different Joker movies in development. One that takes place in the 80s, like a crime movie of the Joker, and one a current one with with, uh, Leto. Are you kidding me? Really? I mean, there's just there's no plan in place for an overarching story. You look at Marvel. Now, you could say, well, they never really had that at the beginning. But you know what? They set up at the beginning that this could be a thing. When Nick Fury shows up in the post-credit scenes and says, mentions the Avengers. I mean, that one scene sets up the possibility of an actual Avengers movie and in three phases now, each movie is a standalone movie. It feels completely different than the other Marvel flicks, but yet they all connect very intelligently, even if it's just in the post-credit scenes, but they still connect. And so it leads to something. With the Star Wars, the new trilogy, J.J. Abrams set up something that could have been great. 
And instead, Ryan, Ryan Johnson just threw away everything. And there doesn't seem to be any, anybody at Lucasfilm going, no, 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 wait a minute. We set all of this up. We we set expectations up. You're not just going to throw all that away because of your brilliant idea. You're one guy. This is a huge company. We're looking for the next 20 years, and you have to help build upon that. Not just throw away what you don't like personally. You know, Luke Skywalker, eh, we're just going to make him a grumpy old jerk off and kill him off at the end. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, you want to know who's Rose, uh, whatever her name is, parents? Who, who cares? They're nobodies. Yeah. Oh, Snook, we set him up as a big baddie. Ah, kill him off. Who yeah. cares? Now, I personally don't well. disagree with all of that, David, but at least J.J. Abrams had a plan. There's no plan at Lucasfilm for anything. Yeah. Um, and, and not only that as well, they're actually going against the plans, I've said. Because Kathleen Kennedy originally came out and said that these these standalone movies were going to be standalone. They weren't going to cross over with yeah. the main saga. And yet both of them <laughs> Yes. So now, perhaps that's being imposed on her by somebody else. Maybe she's not as powerful as we think she is, and maybe other parts of the studio are saying, no, you must do it this way. No, I don't think so. I think she had no plans. She gave lip service what she thought would would garner the most positive attention and feedback. And then she just went in with no plan and stronger personalities than hers convinces her of something. And then she flip flops towards, and you got to say, that's probably what happened here with Rogue One and Solo. She flip flopped and went, nope, creative differences. We're going to let this person go, bring someone else in, double the budget now. I mean, you can't keep doing that and keep your job. You just can't. And, and at the top is her. All of these movies are going to make money. But you got to have kind of a cohesive something. It doesn't necessarily have to cost this much money to make a movie. Now, everyone's talking about, oh, now they've canceled Boba Fett and Obi-Wan. Well, number one, they never announced those movies. Yeah. So you can't really cancel something that was never announced. But let's pretend that those movies are were in, you know, that was going to happen. I can see why Obi-Wan might cost quite a bit of money to make if it's done right. I think that would be great. But it doesn't have to be a Boba Fett movie. I don't want to see a Boba Fett movie. At least I don't want to see him jetpacking out of the Sarlacc pit and then his story continues. Yeah. You know, how about somebody finds his armor on Tatooine and picks up the mantle of Boba Fett and you make an actual Western, a very small budget, one set Western and it's Boba Fett. How about that? How great would that be? In the vein, in the vein of Logan, yeah, or, or even even differently, like you do, you know, you could you could do the typical kind of Star Wars screw up type of guy, but because he's got the armor on, everyone thinks he's he's Boba Fett. Oh, that would be brilliant. Incredible. Yes, that'd be better. That would yeah. be, that'd be great. Are you kidding? That would be awesome. So there's things you can do, and still have a an overarching plan of where these movies are going in certain phases. The next 10 years, it's this. The next 10 years is going to be that. And each movie has to support that plan and yet still make an enjoyable movie, standalone movie on its own. And all they have to do is look at Marvel. That's exactly what Marvel's done. Look, we just had this huge uh, Infinity War that's been a decade building up to. They built up Thanos as the big baddie for a long time, and he didn't disappoint. If anything, he was better than we thought he was going to be. Better. And then what's the next on the the Marvel? Oh, 
we're going to go to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now, it hasn't come out yet. I'm totally going to go see it. It looks like yeah. a fun summer movie, light. Uh, I, I, from what I can gather of the previews, somebody steals some technology and they're getting the band back together. And it looks awesome. It looks like a lot of fun. That's what I want to see. But it's going to, you know, it's going to tie into the Avenger stuff. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, they've got such, they've got such a huge canvas to put these movies into a universe. <laughs> the main continuity. They've got a thirty-year gap between the end of the first trilogy and the start of the second one, and and as far as they're concerned at the moment, nothing particularly interesting, ha interesting happened there because there are not many films about it. You know, is there not an opportunity there to build a whole kind of uh, mini saga inside that space? So you're talking between three and four? No, I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking about between between the end of uh, Return of the Jedi and and start the start of the uh, oh. the new trilogy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it was a thirty year gap when they kind of had to mop up the remnants of the Empire. Yeah, and then you had the start of the First Order, what have you? And they also had to set up a whole new Galactic Republic. Are you telling me that? That there was no interesting stories that could have could be set in that universe. Well, you don't even have Without to even touching right. the first order. Yes, you don't even have to use any established characters. Exactly. And and why does everything have to be? Because everyone's talking about. Well, obviously, if you watch Solo, they're setting up a, a, a trilogy of of these movies. Why does everything have to be a freaking trilogy? Can't you have a part one and two? Can't you just yeah. have a standalone like Rogue One? That I mean, is, that is the Marvel's fault. Because everybody is thinking universe all the time. Yeah, but that's not that's not what I'm talking about. A trilogy is three films. Marvel doesn't do a trilogy. I mean, uh, Avengers that just came out, Infinity War is part one. We don't even know the title for part two yet, which is fine. But you know, this is their first one that they've done a part one and a part two. They've never done that before. And it feels like they're not going to continue doing a part one and part two. This is just a special thing. And then they're yeah. going to recast a lot of roles. They're going to bring in new heroes. They're going to leave the past behind, and they're going to move forward. I'm looking forward to that. I love Captain America. I, I think the, the 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 actor that that plays him, Chris Evans, I think he's brilliant in the movie. Yeah. And I want to. I want 20 more Captain America movies with him. But I know I'm not going to get it, and I'm not too bummed out about it because I know Marvel's going to create new characters, and with new actors, and it's going to be great. I just know it. Yeah. Because the history dictates that. But you look at Star Wars, I have no confidence. So we go back to Kathleen Kennedy. Is it because of her, David, that I have no confidence that they know what the hell they're doing with this property? It's slightly confusing because they have done this before. Because the cartoon series they've done have done exactly what we're talking about. Yes, but that was Dave Fioni in charge of both uh, the Clone Wars as well as Rebels. But, but he ultimately must have been working for Kathleen Kennedy, who no. was on Lucasfilm. No, she was not. She had nothing to do with Lucasfilm at the time. Right. Okay. She came in after the Disney acquisition. Right. Okay. So to me, that says, and this isn't because she's a woman. If they're going to replace her, look at Dave Fioni. Look what yeah. he did in the animation stuff. That's everybody loves all the animation stuff he's done, and he did it for a decade. I mean, th this is the year for the 10th anniversary of the Clone Wars. Now, you've seen all the Clone Wars, yes? Yeah. It's a brilliant series. It's some of the very best Star Wars that's ever created. The Clone Wars is better than Episode 1 through 3, and it's not even close. 
it's yeah. it's better than the last Jedi. It's better than Return of the Jedi. The only ones that it can't touch is the first Star Wars movie, Empire Strikes Back, and The Force Awakens, and Rogue One. Rogue One is really good. Yeah. But this is this is animation for the Cartoon Network. And if he could do such brilliant work there, and not every episode was great, don't get me wrong, some of the droid stuff was like, ugh. But he had to play to that audience. But yeah, why- and also he created a whole new set of characters. Oh, yeah. They supported the story. They were interesting. They had depth. Yep. They had motivation. He, um, get, he, he took a clone trooper, and everyone knows who he is now, Rex. Rex is awesome, and he's just a clone trooper. I mean, why not put this guy in charge? Maybe he doesn't want it, but... Someone like that, that really gets the material, understands marketing, obviously, understands new character creation and how to tie some of these things when needed into pre-existing story. That's who you want in charge. At least that's what I think. Well, as I said, you know, we don't know what what exactly is going on. These rumors could come to nothing. Um, Some of it is so soaked in fanboy excitement that it's hard to take it seriously. I think the whole idea about, oh, they just wait until Kevin Feige uh, finishes his contract at Marvel and then they're going to move him over is it's just pure fanboy excitement. Yes, but the, the rumors about Kathleen Kennedy are showing up in places that don't play lip service to fans. It's it's the business side of movie making, like variety. Um so some of these things are really coming to a head there. And I think once those places start reporting this, I think there probably is some weight and credence to these rumors. I think Disney may be looking forward to replacing her with somebody else. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the one worry I have is they they could replace her and things could get no better because it could actually be much more of a, of a global studio interference problem rather than something that a single person is doing. But you look at it, though, Disney's not doing that with Marvel. And none of the Marvel stuff happened until after Disney bought them. I mean, Marvel Studios yeah, is, okay. you know, I, I think that the people at the top of Disney, I think they put the people they feel are going to do the best job and let them run with it. You know, I don't... Marvel and Disney and Star Wars so far it aren't ruining movies with trailers, for instance. They're giving you just enough. Unlike the fiasco that's going on with the new Jurassic Park movie. I mean, I haven't seen it. I have no desire to see this movie until it comes out on a video. I don't, I don't care. It's just another Jurassic yeah. Park movie. And yet, there's a big thing right now that the trailer, the last trailer, I guess, spoiled the entire ending of the movie. And I'm like, all right, this is what, $200 million, $250 million production, and they spoil it in the trailers? What, are they stupid? Well, there you go. So, I don't know. I I, I got to think that something's going to happen. And I, I do think that Kathleen Kennedy is probably going to be um, out. I think they're going to do it in such a way that it looks like it's her decision. You know, I don't think they're just going to fire her. Which I think would be the right thing to do. Let her gracefully leave the post. Yeah. But I love these movies. I, you know, I know you haven't seen it yet, but I really enjoyed Star Wars: A, Sol- a Solo Story, um, or however it's, whatever it's called. Uh, I I thought it was. I really liked it. I, I liked Lando. I like 
It looks great. Although I wish Star Wars would stop adding this artificial dust in front of the lens that they've been doing since after uh, The Force Awakens. They try to make it gritty. Stop doing that. It's not the, the well, DC uh, yeah, universe. Grittiness is a problem. I'm, I'm, I'm not just talking about in the way it looks, but I think also as well. The the, the joy of Star Wars movies is, is you know, some parts of it were quite light. And there's not much of that in these movies anymore. No. You know, why not just make something that's, that's as close as you can get to a Star Wars comedy? And you that's know, the thing, I think... It has it, to be about the MacGuffin that's going to destroy the universe or, yeah. just, you know, turn over the galaxy, everything like that. Sometimes, it, you know, in fact, do one where it's some sort of heist movie and the thing they get at the end, they find out is actually pretty worthless. You know? That, I think that would be pretty good. Oh, what is this? Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy, you know. So we want to. That's why people get paid millions of dollars to do this job, and we don't, Tim. Well, that's just because they are not aware of our brilliance when it comes to these matters, David. Well, also they know we're so busy running Apple, Microsoft, and Google. So yeah. Um, company we're not running though is OWC. It's our sponsor for this episode. Yes, I am the master of uh, transition. Oh, Segway. Yeah. Uh, here's something I don't know if I. We've ever talked about this. The OW Express 4M2. It's a Thunderbolt 3, 4 NVMe SSD slots, RAID, DisplayPort, Mac, and Windows. You like to explore your independent path. And digital storage is where you have fun, push hard, and spark the imagination. Oh. <laughs> Did you just make that up? Did somebody else do that? No, I was reading that. I'm not that good. Not on the fly. I mean, I could do yeah. the funny on the fly, but um, <laughs> this looks pretty cool. It it does. It's um, this is serious storage. Man, this serious, thing you can storage. really put a lot of SSD in here. Four NVMe SSD. So people go, well, what is that? It's the little uh, the little card SSDs. The one that's yeah, in the new it, Mac Pro. They're, they're fastest ones. The ones that Apple have in their latest laptops. Yep. Um, and they make the original SATA SSDs look very pedestrian. Yeah, these things are blazing fast. It's a very small footprint for this thing, too. I mean, it's it's not large at all. Yeah. And uh, you get two Thunderbolt 3 ports, so obviously one in and then one out. But here, this is the part that I like. It's got a display port. I was, I've just noticed that. That's pretty cool. So you basically hook it into your monitor uh, and then hook your, your it will be a laptop into into this uh, and then basically you can put your video out through it. That's yep. excellent. Hmm. This looks pretty cool. And it comes with SoftRaid as well. So uh, SoftRaid's a good company. The guy who uh, created SoftRaid is his name is Tim. I've had him on back when I was doing OWC radio. I had him on a couple episodes. Um, hung out with him a couple times at a couple different trade shows. He was my booth partner. I really like the guy. Very smart. Very very smart. I. I OWC actually purchased uh, SoftRaid, and yeah. it's, it's part of OWC now. But yet, like any good company, they don't screw up a good thing. Yeah. You know, they don't they don't put a Kathleen Kennedy in charge of. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to put a link into the uh, OWC Express 4M2. Uh, if you have need for serious storage at serious speeds, this is what you're going to look at. Um, 
less than a few, it's about three more weeks here for the uh, Mac stock to happen, David. And unfortunately, I still haven't put together the game show. I, got a, I, got a, I got a bunch of questions for Guy, so I just have to beef up some of the questions, uh, add a few more, and then put in a PowerPoint. So it's not a big deal. I'm just, I'm a little burned out right now. I've mm-hmm. been working a lot. Uh, we're recording uh, Sunday. We started at 7 a.m. because I, I've been working my days off. So, you know, we we got to get our tech fan in when we can get it. Yep. So uh, you've also got to got to pay your juice, the man. Yeah. Well, this also means though I didn't do any uh, wiki trolling selection this week, unfortunately. So I guess we'll have to just rest it for this week and come up with an extra brilliant one for next week because I also got nothing. Yeah. Uh, Apple has something they launched a, finally a, a keyboard service for uh, the MacBook and the MacBook Pro. Now this has been a story that's been circulating for. I'm going to say about six months now, whereas Apple has apparently some defective keyboards and it was starting to get the attention of even the most hardcore Apple fanboys like Gruber. He likes to say he's not a fanboy, but please, he is. He is I've never seen a bigger fanboy. Um, and that's not, that's, I'm fine with that. Don't get me wrong. Just don't say you're not something when you clearly are something. Yeah. And, and- to give, I think to give him his due, I think he tries very hard to pull Apple up on things he thinks they need pulling up on. Yeah. So he's not like um, he's not like a sycophantic fanboy. No. Um, and this is certainly one area where he has been saying for some time that Apple needs to do something about this. And people like that are important for for, for those of us who like Apple because. You know, Apple is a company that can sometimes have a bit too much hubris, and they need to have people who they respect, who they listen to. And I think Gruber is one of the people they do. They may not immediately respond to anything he, he says, but they do listen to, and they. I think they use him as a bellwether for things that are really important in the Apple community. Um, and he certainly has been linking to Casey Johnston, who used to work for Ars Technica, has been doing some great stories about her experiences with the keyboards and she's been basically recommending nobody buys one of the uh, laptops with these new butterfly, these incredibly thin keyboards on because they're so hard to service. Yeah, and there seems to be an issue where the keys stop working or stop responding correctly. So this new uh, service program for Apple is, um, let's see, Apple or an Apple authorized service provider will service eligible MacBook and MacBook Pro keyboards free of charge. The type of service will be determined after the keyboard is examined and may involve the replacement of one or more or the entire keyboard. Uh, So this goes from MacBook uh, Retina screen 12-inch from uh, 2015 and up. Um, Same thing, the early 2016 models. Basically, if you've got a a MacBook or a MacBook Pro from 2015 and up, with the, with the thin butterfly keyboard, the right. one that basically sits up barely above the uh, the edge of the laptop, then then this is this is one that that would apply to you. Now, I think there are some gotchas in this service. It they only basically allow this for four years after the laptop was purchased. So if you have a, a laptop that you say bought in in two thousand sixteen. Um, Get it in. If you, bought, if you buy a second-hand one from somebody else and you're looking for this sort of service, you need to be very careful about 
what its purchase date was um, and get it because a lot of people put this sort of work off get it get it fixed before before that date passes otherwise Apple will not help you and here's my question and this is as someone that ran and a company that was an authorized Apple service provider my issue with this whole thing is they still don't identify what the fix entails is it just a replacement key and it's going to have the same problem again did they redesign something do they got yeah. more robust replacement parts? I mean, if you're just replacing my crappy keyboard with another keyboard that's going to be crappy in just a couple of years because it's going to suffer with the same fate, then you didn't really solve the problem. No, and, and typically uh, Apple warranties any replacements like this for 90 days after it's been done. So um, if it fails after that, then you may have an issue. And certainly if it fails two years down the line, you're definitely going to have an issue. And they don't address what the fix is or what the problem is. They just say, oh, we've got a, a, a repair thing that's going to be free. Okay, no, so I, what was the yeah. issue and then what is the re what's the fix? Uh, interestingly enough, on Reddit, there's a lot of people going, oh, well, now that, now that this, um, this program's available, I don't need to buy AppleCare, do I? <laughs> just, yeah, because keyboard's <laughs> the only thing that you'll ever have go wrong with a computer. Yeah. Um, Morons. And, um, yeah, very, very odd. But um, yeah, I, I'd still. I mean, if if it were me, if I were in the market for a new laptop now, I'd still say, well, I'm going to wait for the next model in the hope that next. Now that there's a repair program available, you would hope they would guarantee that the next model they come out with does not have this issue. Right. Yeah, that they will be working on engineering to basically engineer it out of the product. And this is another example, in my opinion, of Apple going for aesthetics originally over functionality there was nothing wrong with the keyboard on on my last macbook pro or the one before that yep. or the or the 17 inch i got sitting up here nothing wrong with that keyboard but of course apple wants to make them a little uh, four millimeters thinner so we have to redesign an entire keyboard and really it makes no sense to me it's it's design over aesthetics, or it's it's aesthetics over engineering and yeah. best practices for the user and longevity, and I, I don't I don't agree with it. Um, and the keyboard is one of those things that that's what the people interact with. If you make a crappy keyboard, you have a crappy laptop. I don't care about the rest of the specs at all. Yep. And. I, every gonna, single time I've tried one of these, I haven't liked it. I want out of the keyboards from Apple, and this is a prob problem ever since they've, they've switched the chiclet design. Yeah? I want them to make key tops that don't wear. Yes. Because every single Apple laptop I've ever had has a wear on one side of the space bar, which is where I tend to hit it with my thumb. Yep. And it, I, it does not seem to me in this day and age to have material engineering to stop that from happening because it looks gross. Yeah, it does. It looks dirty. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you it's can't, not. can't get rid of it, and your only your only way of dealing with it is to replace the key top. Exactly. Of course, if you have a new keyboard, you can't do that because replacing the key top is what breaks the things in the first place. La 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 la, and around this, we go. This is, this is Apple. This is Apple nowadays. There are a great company, but a frustrating company. I see. I I took my uh, iPad Pro into Apple yesterday mm -hmm. uh, because. I noticed it, it developed a blotch on the screen. You know, like those pressure marks yeah. you sometimes you see on the old laptops? It's a little area of the screen where it's whiter than the rest of it. But it wasn't a pressure mark because the iPad's always been in a case. I keep it asleep. Was it just dead pixels? 
Huh? Was it no, dead? no dead pixels. It just basically was a bright patch on the display. Whichever colour you had, whatever was on there, there was a, an area, uh, probably about uh, half an inch, like a little oval down near the bottom of the display that was brighter than everywhere else. That's annoying. It, well, it was very annoying. And the thing is... Because <laughs> your eye is going to go that every single time. Yeah, I noticed this. It was quite faint. So I mean to go online and check my check my warranty coverage. Yeah. My warranty for that for that iPad was about to expire on the 2nd of July. Oh, boy. <laughs> so it was very quick get down there. Now, the, the genius I spoke to, I said, have you ever seen this before? He said, funnily enough, I had a 12-inch a iPad that did this. He said it did it all around the edges of the display. So, um, yeah, annoying. Anyway, they swapped it out for, for another iPad. So, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of cool. And A refurb or a new? Yeah, so, so that's the good side of Apple is you get simple swap outs that's well do they give you a refurb or they give you a brand new one well there'll well, be a refurb it won't be a new one so I don't know sometimes you get new stuff yeah well I don't I've, I've not I've not checked the serial on it but I would imagine it's a refurb well, I'm sure um, it's fine anyway but um, you know the good the good thing is you get that pretty much no questions asked I was only in the genius bar for about 10 minutes sorting that out but the downside is that um, they use these cutting edge technologies and sometimes they go wrong like this so I guess the question is, do you want them to continue to use these cutting-edge technologies? Because I do. But it just seems they need to temper it with better engineering. I always wonder if the intense secrecy that Apple operates under is actually part of the problem. Because you can't really mass test stuff until if you're keeping everything secret until you release it to your customers. Yeah. Which means, effectively, we're all guinea pigs for this stuff. Yeah. Which is not cheap. Um, and up until recently, there would have been quite a few people who would have paid four or five hundred dollars to have their keyboards fixed. Now, now that they're um, they've got a program, they'll get that money back if they go in and ask. Uh, I don't know whether Apple proactively goes out and offers refunds to people, or whether you have to go in and request it. Oh well, uh, if, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, it says here if you have paid to have your keyboard repaired, you can contact Apple about a refund. So you're going to have to ask. Um, but, uh, you know, that's still people who may have had to scratch up money to do that. A lot, lot of times students and, and people of, uh, well, let's face it, anybody, it doesn't matter what your financial position is. If you've got a, a $1,500 to $2,000 laptop and then you need to spend $500 having a keyboard service, that's going to really hurt. Yeah. Speaking of something uh, hurting, Facebook put an ad out there or a, a patent out there that wants to hurt your privacy, David. They they want to be able to turn on your microphone and analyze how many ads you're watching or which ads you're watching. Yeah, this is this is for a start. This is a pattern for something that I think um, uh, is is already being done. I think we talked about this a while back with the uh, people putting this this technology into Android games. Well, didn't um, Samsung do something like this with their TVs too? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. So I am, so Facebook thinks they're going to get a patent on pre-existing technology. Well, I mean, it's just an application. It wasn't. And look, let's be honest: the patent office is a joke to begin with yeah. here in the U.S. Yeah, but you know, it just goes to show how tone deaf Facebook is. That with all the problems they've been having lately, exactly. Uh, all of the doubts people have about their commitment to real privacy, to do technology like this and try and get it patented. And of course, you know, when when people found they obviously hoping nobody would notice. When people found out, 
they put out a statement saying, oh, well, we're never going to use this. We're going to stop it. We're, we're patenting it. Stop anybody else doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Sure they are. Because they've been the paragons. Let's, uh, hey, I'm going to come to their defense here, David. They've been paragons when it comes to privacy. No one, no one in the world takes user privacy more seriously than, oh, wait a minute. Oh, Facebook. Sorry, I thought we were talking about Apple there. I'm sorry. Facebook. Face. Sorry, Facebook. Never mind. I take that back. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. Yeah, they're totally going to try to use this someday. Indeed. Indeed. You know, they'll do it in a subtle and, you know, they'll have an option for you to turn it off and it will be buried under four, four pages of forms and uh, clicks and everything like that. I, you know what? Here's an annoying thing. I've tried to click on a link in... Um, in in the Ars Technica story that I linked to in this that goes to Engadget <laughs> because of GDPR here in the EU their response to that is basically putting up putting up a big page saying that I have to um, they'll tell me all about the ads they're gonna they're gonna show me but they don't let me turn it off don't let me opt out huh this doesn't mean more ads it means personalised ones yeah you know but they don't let me opt out so I'm not, not going to Engadget anymore that's nice. Well, you know what? I've had enough of bad news, David. Let's wrap this up a little early. Um, yeah. We'll be back next week, folks. Um, I'll, I'll be more sleep-deprived when we record next because the 4th of July is coming up here in the U.S., which means uh, a probably a good solid week of people lighting off extremely loud fireworks in the neighborhood. And if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know how much I enjoy that. Um, I do have... Max Pillow Soft Silicone Putty Earplugs, though, for maximum comfort. These actually do work really well. Um, they're snoreproof and waterproof, and they help prevent swimmers' ear. But when you do these, you kind of roll them in, make them with really soft silicone, put them in your ears, and they form right in. You don't hear crap at all. <laughs> but the problem is then I can't hear my alarm clock. <laughs> so there might be a couple of days I go to work late. Probably not. My internal clock wakes me up at 5 o'clock every day anyways, but still. That's always my fear about using a, an earplug. That, and I can't hear when, you know, someone's breaking in the house or the dogs start barking or those kind of fun things. But anyways, I, I'm still going to be sleep-deprived, David, and probably in a bad mood. I look forward to speaking to you then. <laughs> so next week, uh, hopefully we'll do uh, our belated review of Star Wars, a solo story or solo a Star Wars story, however that goes. I don't care. Uh, maybe Deadpool. Have you seen Deadpool? I haven't seen that either. Oh, you suck. <laughs> See you next week, David. See you then.